You're listening to episode 15 of the Japan Gamescast. On this week's show, legendary Nintendo Employees Bar opens to the public, Kirby's Dream Factory comes to Tokyo, and we discuss the new Nintendo Switch OLED model. All this and more coming up. Welcome to Japan Gamescast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host, Julian, aka Kantan Gamer, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, how you doing, Ryan? It's, uh, it's been another long week. Lots of uh, interesting stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, a lot of news. Like Just right after we recorded last time, uh, we got the news about the new Switch, right? Yeah, it broke the internet, for, for better or worse, I'm not sure. but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but not but, quite a pro, right? It's uh, everyone was like Switch Pro, but you know we'll get into it a little bit later in the show. But it was a uh, it was a heart wrenching kind of a roller coaster of emotions, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we get into the main news this week, um, I want to share with you a really stupid uh, Twitter feed that I found this week, uh, and it's called uh, "Low Poly Food from Video Games." <laughs> And it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just like <laughs> pictures of all sorts of food from video games uh, rendered in low quality glory. Um, so just like steak from Wario Smooth Moves 2006, you know. Oh, man. Uh, I think Dragon Quest is like really guilty of this one. There's always oh, yeah. like food <laughs> on the tables in the houses, low poly stuff. Uh, there's probably uh, some Dragon Quest here. I like this one, uh, Watermelon from uh, Disaster Day of Crisis. A game I never played, but I think this is one of like the lowest scoring games of all time. Oh, um, really? But it's got it's got a good wool up watermelon, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's another uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf. That's some that's some pretty high quality milk, actually. Yeah, that looks. I feel like good. The, the, it's a bit blurry, but it's um, the actual model's not too bad. Chocolate yeah. milk from Silent Hill Four. <laughs> I love like the the disconnect between like <laughs> this like horror game and it's like a bottle of chocolate milk. And they <laughs> yeah. go, the guy's face. I'm not really sure. Does this give you any any thought of like your favorite video game food? Any any games that spring to mind? I don't know. I feel like Pac Man has some great foods, but I guess they're not low poly, right? They're just uh, they're just pixelated uh, cherries. True, they're stuff. not they're not poly yeah. at all. Are they? <laughs> I guess that might be some of the most classic game food in existence though you know the cherries and the uh what else you get like the uh, the watermelon or something all the little yeah, fruits I, you collect I, I guess uh you know mushrooms from mario is pretty classic mm. uh game uh, okay, gamer yeah. food yeah 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 true i always <laughs> like um whenever i think about game food it makes me think of uh mystical ninja uh, and you get like the old onagiri and you get the dango you know like the red white and green kind of mochi balls on the stick and oh that, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You would get those to kind of recover your health. Um, no, that's always yeah, the initial that, <laughs> thing that pops into my head. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're gonna talk about some uh, Kirby food later, right? Yeah, like some cool stuff coming up. Um, but just one last one because he's kind of like matches uh, with the account that I showed you last week or the week before. Uh, games with crabs. <laughs> so oh, here yeah. we've got we've got crab soup from Witcher Three. So it's a bit of a oh, bit, bit of a mix of both, you know. But actually, that's quite. It's quite detailed. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, that looks this, pretty. Uh, that looks pretty real. <laughs> I could, I could live in that world and eat that yeah, crab so, soup. I don't yeah. think that's too bad, actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's uh, just my little fun account for the week. 
Uh, and if anyone wants to follow that at home, uh, it's at low poly, but poly is spelled with two L's. And uh, they've currently got 108,000 followers on Twitter. That's pretty, it's wow, pretty crazy. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> people, are, people are hungry. That's you know? it, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, shall we jump into the, uh, the first story of the week? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. All right. So uh, there's a couple of there was a couple of websites covering this story, but uh, here's an article I found from uh, Bloomberg. Um, and basically, uh, it appears that um, kind of a almost like an urban myth, this legendary bar called 84 um, has become available to the public. So just a little bit of background on this bar. So it was opened by an ex Nintendo employee by the name of Toru Hashimoto. Um, and it was rumored for a long time that like um, all like the big names at Nintendo you know, like Miyamoto-san and uh, even like um, Anuma-san and basically all the guys that are kind of like in the, in the board and the kind of the higher-ups of the company. You know, when they were in Tokyo, they would go out and hang at this bar because they know this guy, right? They used to work with him. Um, I don't know I don't know his position in the company specifically, but I think he was, at the end of his career, he was like directing games or like producing. I don't know, he was doing something pretty high up. Um, so he knew all these guys and... He basically like wanted to somewhere to like display all this merch that he'd collected um, over his lifetime at, at the company. So he he just made up this like little bar he called it eighty four. Yeah, he decorated the whole bar with all his uh, kind of merchandise and stuff. And the cool thing about it was originally it was like members only. So uh, he gave cards to all his friends you know, like Miyamoto-san and said like, this this card will allow you access to the bar. I mean, obviously Miyamoto doesn't need a card, right? Because everyone knows who he is. <laughs> but it was just the concept. And yeah. basically the, the only way that you could attend the bar after that was you had to be invited by a member. And then once you go in and you meet Hashimoto-san and if he liked you and you went a few times, he might then offer you a membership. So it was like, Super, super exclusive. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, had you ever heard about this place before? No, I, I didn't know about this place. Although I do see these like members only places all over, uh, all over Tokyo. It's not a kind of a unique concept, but in the gaming world, it was this kind of place where you know people would just kind of congregate, but all these like really big names, you know, and it's just one of those things where like you just wish that you could just kind of randomly stumble into this bar on a drunken night and just see like, <laughs> like yeah. the, the directors of Nintendo just sitting around, you know, pounding down some sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, and I guess now it's actually been open up to the public though, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll show you the website in a minute. Um, but first, the name is interesting. Um, so it's called 84, right? So um, his name is Hashimoto, and in Japanese, uh, eight and four can be read as Hashi. And 84 is also the year that he joined the company, 1984. So it's kind of a play on words of his name, uh, the kanji of his name, and um, the, yeah, the year that he joined the company. So if anyone was wondering, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it, it yeah. also says, what, is that the final stage in... Uh Super Mario Brothers is eight four. Oh, that's uh, a very that's a very cool reference. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the actual website. So um, there's there's two websites here. It's got some goods. If you click on this button, it goes to the cafe kind of reservation system. Um, it is all in Japanese, but um, 
if I explain roughly to you now, you know, maybe next time uh, you're in Tokyo, you'll be able to come on here and book a book an appointment or book a time slot. He, he, he doesn't specify like, you know, like you have to speak Japanese. And he, he sounds like he's quite, uh, like kind of the reason he created the bar in the first place was to like share the, the world of gaming with, with everybody, right? So like Sekai Chukara game fan. So he wants like people to like come together and just like hang out and basically have a good time. So um, yeah, don't don't worry if, you, if you're interested in going here and you don't speak any Japanese, then uh, it's still probably going to be a good time. Um, but it appears that there's like four time slots to so stage. I don't know what it's stage, but stage one, two, three, four. And then in between, he just like kind of cleans the bar and, you know, like does the uh, alcohol wipe and everything like that. Um, so you can book whatever slot here. Um, and then it's one table is uh, 8,400 yen. So that's not bad, up to four people for 90 minutes. Um, oh yeah, does that yeah, include so, that includes some food, I guess, or uh... yeah, uh, drink. Uh, it says drinks are drinks are separate. Um, ah, I see. Original goods, separate price. Yeah, ah, I see. I mean, it's not. Mm, I don't know. Like that's quite high just for like a seat charge, but it's quite a special bar, right? So like, I would yeah, I would definitely pay. That. I mean, between four people, so it's only like two thousand yen each, right? So. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like a normal uh, like table or entrance mm. fee for a bar. Yeah. And I think only fans of Nintendo are really going to go here, right? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> uh, it's not going to be just like random people walking off the street. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of like just details here, but nothing too important. Uh, so if you scroll to the bottom here, pardon me, you click on uh, Yoyaku. And then yeah, it just comes up with the calendar here. Um, it does say only weekends on the previous page, but I did notice if you scroll ahead to the next week, there's Thursday and Friday available as well. Um, but maybe it just changes depending on the week because the, the following week after that is just Saturday and Sunday again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool uh, to see this place is finally available um, for the public to join. And I think, yeah, soon I really want to go and go and check this place out. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, thanks for sharing that one. Uh, so I guess uh, I guess we'll just move on to our, our next uh, bit of news. Which yeah, is, uh, yeah which is another space that's been opening up in Tokyo. So uh, Kirby's Dream Factory, right? It's a, it's going to be a limited uh, space opening in Ikebukuro uh, Parko on mm. the seventh floor from August 13th until uh, September 5th. So basically it's uh, a concept shop uh, as if uh, Kirby had his own like uh, sweet fa sweets factory. Mm. Um, and they're going to be selling like limited edition items there. Apparently this has like a working conveyor belt inside that will have like goods being transported down the, uh, <laughs> the conveyor belt, like, like it's a factory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So pretty cool, uh, pretty cool space they're opening. Um, yes. So this is, um, the official website we're looking at here. Um, and it just says, like, you know, welcome. Uh, the store is currently under construction. Um, but there's not actually anything on the page at the moment. So that's just this picture, which is, it's quite a cool picture. I like the art. Um, it's quite cute. Um, but if you go over to this article here, uh, this is from Fashion Press. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> just found this uh, this article online. But uh, yeah, in this article here, we can see some pictures, um, I guess, inside already. Yeah. So what I'd imagine is like, if you select this picture here, behind the person taking the look with the camera, I imagine it's probably like a like a wall up kind of blocking it so you can't see it already. 
um, but should be opening soon, right? Uh, what day did you say? Thirteenth uh, uh, of August. Yeah, August thirteenth, uh, and that will yeah. be open until uh, September fifth. Oh, so yeah. kind kind of a short term uh, thing, but uh, pretty cool. Seems seems like a shame to like, especially like uh, here. You, I think that's the conveyor belt, and it like goes through Kirby's mouth. It seems like <laughs> yeah. quite an elaborate like setup just for like a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like uh, like we talked about the old Kami Cafe a few weeks ago, mm. that was only open for a few months. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, you know, these limited things always kind of draw a lot of attention and, you know, they're always good for the brand awareness, you know, uh, they get a lot of sales and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's going to be over a hundred uh, different types of item. Um, I don't know if they're all going to be exclusive or like original for the event, but I'd imagine like a lot of them are. Um, and, you know, in typical Kirby fashion, they're all very adorable. <laughs> so uh, because here we got this nice little tote bag, this uh, kind of plushie. I like this, like Kirby with his like builder's hat on. That's really cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are these are kind of cool. Um, it was all very pink, as you could imagine. It's all very, <laughs> yeah. very pink. Um, little stars, cushions, like stationary stuff here. Um, here's another spot here. I think this is like a photo spot. Um, and you can see some kind of like cool posters in the background here. This looks like a like sushi, um, and like a cocktail. I can't quite make out this picture on the left, though. Yeah, and I think uh, they're actually including uh, posters uh, if you pay for their uh, virtual tour experience. Which oh, I right. Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for, for 700 yen, um, there's like a smartphone-enhanced uh, virtual factory, mm. um, and it happens uh, at the photo spot in the store. And, I see. Uh, I think you have to uh, reserve it, but like it includes a poster. Um, I didn't see too too many details about like what kind of tour it is, but sure, sure. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's not such a, such a tour, but like, um, yeah, you get to like use a few like the photo spots or interact. A lot of these events nowadays, like they always make like a little custom app. So when you get there, you like log in with the app, or you know, it'll let you do like some kind of like AR like photo spot or maybe you can scan the barcodes and get like exclusive like like stickers for line or uh, i don't know like okay. all these, maybe some of that. I, I didn't actually see the details in there but the, a lot of uh, these kind of things do stuff like that um so here we've got the uh the, the photo gallery from this article so there's some cool prints here uh this is like the fact the main poster i really love this this is great <laughs> yeah the the custom artwork is so cool yeah very adorable uh, I, there's never like a, an uncute picture of Kirby. It's always just lovely. Um, <laughs> so here's a, yeah, here's a bit of a bigger photo of the um, conveyor belt here. This looks pretty cool. So I guess, yeah, that moves, right? Um, which is pretty cool. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, we've got the wide shot. I think we've seen all that stuff here. But here, yeah, we've got some like big racks of loads of exclusive Kirby stuff. Um, you see like towels, cushions, uh, like notebooks and stuff like that. Um, even the boxes, I like the boxes have like, you know, Kirby's Dream Factory on them. <laughs> They're just like stock, but they've got the correct labeling on. It's quite cute. Yeah, they, they have so many different items here. So I'm really shocked that they like prepared all of this stuff. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, it seems like a major effort went into this. 
Yeah, you know, in like Japan, whenever they do these like exclusive events, they always just go hard, man. Like, and they they must hire like a whole team of like designers to like draw all the artwork and you know print up all the samples and make these like signs and stuff. Designing all the merch like can't be easy, right? Like, getting all that stuff done, it must be a huge effort. Yeah, yeah, but it it's cool to see it, you know. Yeah, so this is opening up on uh, August thirteenth, uh, Ikebukuro Parko building. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think admission is free, so you can just go and check it out. So uh, I think I'll probably go down and check it out. I don't know if I'll buy anything because um, Kirby Kirby merch doesn't really fit the aesthetic of my my current collection. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'll let's check it out. Are you, you, sh- know, are you sure about like that? I, I feel like you could go <laughs> maybe a Kirby hat. Yeah, well, I'm I'm heavily biased towards Zelda, and it's always like green and gold, you know, that kind of color scheme. Oh yeah. So. Um, but I could get like one of those pink Kirby shirts. That's pretty dope, especially for, for the for the summer look, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, cool. So uh, I guess uh, we got a lot of uh, Nintendo news again, <laughs> again today, right? Always, always, uh, yeah. Yeah. Next up, we're talking about some uh, some games that sold at outrageous prices, right? Yeah, so this week, uh, a new record was shattered uh, for the most expensive video game unit ever sold at auction. Um, and if you didn't hear about this story already, then I don't know what rock you've been living under, because it, it just kind of broke the internet <laughs> like when this <laughs> launched this week. Um, so yeah, a copy of Super Mario 64 sold for uh, $1.56 million. Wow. Like, I mean what <laughs> like incomprehensible numbers wow. uh, i wonder what like what drove the price up so high i don't know it's it's very curious right because um yeah you know, as we were just talking kind of before the show and um you know last month uh, july 9th uh, and it says actually in the article here um a copy of zelda the very first legend of zelda sold for 870,000 um, which is ridiculous as well. It's, again, it's almost a million dollars. But other games that are kind of uh, just as classic and have been in the same kind of condition haven't sold for nearly as much. So it does make you wonder, and I've seen some comments online, but we'll, we'll get into that in just a little minute. Um, first off, let's take a look um, at this page here. This is like the actual auction page. Um, so it's on a website called Heritage Auctions. Um and, you know, they, they do very legitimate, you know, auctions. And you can see the game here. It's sealed in some kind of, like, atomic, like, safe, like, <laughs> you just, like, survive the Holocaust. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's there. And it's, it says on the thing, like, 9.8 grade A++. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, so just this, absolutely this, immaculately mint condition. The scale, that it's called the Wata scale, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much about it, but I guess that's how they rate the um, the retro games to see like what quality level they are. I believe so, yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure of the actual conditioning, but I'm assuming it's the highest score is a 10, and this is a 9.8. So I don't I don't know how it could be any higher than that. Um, I'm kind of curious. One thing that makes me suspicious about this, though, is you remember like 64 games, right? They always had the the tape around the side and it said Nintendo on it, right? And I you, think you that I think that was only maybe only in Europe. Oh really? Actually. Oh, oh you yeah, missed I'm, that, man. Yeah, I guess I missed out. <laughs> I'm not sure about that though. 
Yeah, so it was like a pull tab, and it was it was the most satisfying part of buying a new game. You get home, cellophane wrap, and it's just this like line that says Nintendo, and you just pull it, and it just comes off, and then yeah, you just pull it out. But what we used to see uh, again, like, you know, I guess maybe this is just in Europe, but um, in the UK, like people would sell on eBay, like oh, you're sealed games, um, but they'd obviously be not resealed in like a cellophane like packing machine, and you could re- mm. you could easily tell because there was no. Um, like Nintendo strip on it, um, but I uh, guess I they didn't. They didn't have those in America then. I don't think so. I mean, sadly, all of my boxes were like thrown in the trash pretty much immediately <laughs> after opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because like at the time, you know, we just thought, oh, this is just you know a flimsy cardboard box. You know, mm. um, that was before the games started coming in like these plastic cases you know mm. um i mean playstation games had those like jewel cases like from a cd you know mm-hmm. uh but they were also pretty shitty like they would break they were really made easy. of the most brittle plastic ever like, you just breathe yeah. on them and they just snap <laughs> yeah all my original playstation uh jewel cases are just broken as yeah. well so oh, a lot my. of people would just keep the playstation games in like a cd binder yeah yeah know? yeah no, uh, I mean. So yeah, I guess that's a little less common now. But yeah, I don't know, when I was growing up, like my mom always kind of like, kind of told me like, you know, you take care of your stuff, right? She's always telling me like, you know, like put the boxes away and stuff. So I kind of, I kind of got from an early age into the routine of just like, I'd get the game, I'd take the cartridge out and I'd put the box on like a shelf or I had like some storage boxes under my bed. So I just put them in there. So all my boxes actually stayed in quite good condition. Um, but you know, over the years, like you move and like, you kind of just like things happen and they kind of got a bit crumpled up. I think the only one I've got that is in, it's not in this condition, but like, it's, it's pretty immaculate is Majora's Mask. I've still got the original, um, the box for it. The manual is like immaculate. There's no creases or anything, but the thing with the boxes is the cardboard boxes is on the corners, right? Because the cardboard is folded to a corner, it kind of weakens the the outer layer of the cardboard, if you know what I mean. So all it takes is to like for you to like rub the cardboard like once and it kind of brings off the the ink or like it can scuff, you know? So to keep a game in this condition is incredibly hard. Unless like you bought it and then just put it straight into this like, you know, like invincible plastic case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, this, this, this tweet here, this guy says like, you know, I looked for the Japanese version on, uh, on Amazon and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not so, ex- I think I have this game, uh, laying around here some- somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't ha- yeah. I don't have a box for it, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously not the, um, it's, it's not like any old cartridge, right? It has to be like immaculate. Um, and apparently according to the, the auction website, um, as far as they're aware, the one that sold is one of only five in existence of that quality. So, oh, okay, I see. A game like that, you know, it's twenty-five years old now. It's just getting on a bit. They obviously stopped producing new copies a long time ago. And as the case is with all retro games, right, the the amount just diminishes every year, right? Some get thrown away, some stop working, some that are in good in, in good condition get ruined. You know, they might get opened or they might get crushed or whatever. Um, so it just becomes more and more rare. But I just, I cannot put my finger on the reasoning behind the 
the jump in the price. It just seems crazy. But I mean, yeah, if someone wants to spend one and a half million dollars on on Mario yeah, sixty four, then so so it didn't mention anything else in the article about it, then, right? Do no, you know? no, it's just it's just a lot of speculation because you know it's just an auction and just it's private people who say like I'm going to spend this much money, and then someone else thinks like okay, well I'm going to spend this much money to beat you, right? But mm. but I don't think people really ever really disclose their reasoning to, for bidding. Yeah, well, congratulations to the the man that won that. Um, and uh, yeah, if you get if you you have one of those at home, then I highly recommend selling it because you'll become a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, almost All right, certainly. Dude. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's move on to our final uh, story slash uh, discussion of the week. So what we got here, Ryan? All right, and this is, I guess this is the big one for this week is uh, yeah. uh, Famitsu had an interview with Nintendo about the new uh, OLED uh, Switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked about the, uh, the CPU and the GPU because mm. uh, there had been some speculation that the, uh, the new model of uh, the switch would have a slightly improved um, uh, CPU. Mm. Uh, but according to Nintendo, it is exactly the same one. Yeah. That, that is in the uh, normal switch. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so unfortunately uh, we won't be seeing any performance upgrades. Um, so I think I've seen that reported uh, in the West as well, but mm. we have the uh, confirmation here from, uh, interview with Nintendo, so mm-hmm. it's uh, for certain now, I guess. And uh, yeah, but this new OLED Switch model uh, is kind of recent news, just from this past week. So in Japan, that'll be coming out on October eighth mm. for uh, for thirty-seven thousand or about thirty-eight thousand yen, mm. which is it's pretty pretty expensive, right? Yeah. So. Going off like the American price, it's fifty dollars more than the base, uh, the kind of standard Switch model. Um, but you are getting a few upgrades for that price, right? So whether or not it's worth it, I think it really depends on your situation. If you don't have a Switch, then get this model. If you've got the very first version of the Switch and it's getting a bit like broken, and you know you don't have the upgrade with the better battery life and stuff, this is not a bad option. If you just bought the the newer version of the the standard switch now then it's probably not worth it um but you know that's up to the the individual person right um so the updates that we've got for this new model obviously as you say the bigger oled screen which is the biggest thing right um and this is suspected that it will save a little bit of battery life um because oled is just much less um energy hungry than uh led screens um, the, the image obviously will be much sharper as well and much more punchy because you've got a deeper black um, contrast ratio on the OLED. Um, but the, the, the dock seems to have had the most improvements. Um, they've changed the color. It's actually white now. That's kind of superficial though. Um, they've added an Ethernet port, which is quite a big deal for a lot of uh, online gamers playing Splatoon or I don't know, Smash Bros or any online games basically. Um, the back of the unit, uh, the, the Switch unit now has a fully kind of fledged out, um, kind of fully fleshed out uh, kickstand as well. So, oh yeah, that's a that's a pretty big one compared uh, to the so, previous one. Yeah, it's which was pretty yeah. shit to be honest. <laughs> I I actually bought a little like stand for my Nintendo Switch that like folds out and you set it on the table and it just like mm. holds the Switch at a good angle. Yeah, so I yeah. just I take that with the switch at all the time. It's mm-hmm. like a separate little thing. 
because the kickstand is so terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm glad to see those improvements. I think we're all wanting uh, the better performance. But uh, I guess we'll just have to hold out a little longer. Um, so in this interview with Famitsu, they did cover a few other questions. Mm. That, uh, so one of the things was, uh, is this going to replace the previous switch? Mm. Um, so apparently they're not planning on replacing the base model. Mm. They, w- they just want to have the switch available at like three different price points. Mm. So this will be like the... Um, I guess your high-end model, and then the regular one will just be standard price. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the Switch Lite is like, you know, the cheap entry-level one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting, because I think most of us were assuming that they're going to replace the, uh, the mm-hmm. original Switch with this new model, because they're not that different. So, um, I, I mean, they said they're planning to have them at three price levels, but I'm assuming they're going to stop producing the the regular one uh, i would i think yeah after like a year um because they're gonna have a, a lot of stock floating around right um of that middle model but the price difference is too little so it doesn't make sense so i could only imagine that yeah they will and this is what they've always done with like the ds line you know they've always had two models running at side by side um i think the light is a bit of an odd kind of a odd man out here because it, it, it's a bit different right it's the the proper the value proposition is a bit different from Switch Lite, but the 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 other two like Switch models, they function in the same way except for one has a better screen. Um, so the price point being so similar, I'd imagine that it would just yeah like discontinue the current normal Switch, and then drop the price down to three hundred dollars for the OLED uh, screen, and then possibly they would release a Pro version, but I still don't think they will. Um, they, it's I mean, at this fortunate, but yeah, at this point we might be just like waiting for the next generation of Nintendo hardware because yeah, you know, it's it's been has it been four years? It's been more than four years now. Four, four and a half almost. It came March twenty seventeen, right? So uh, yeah, it's over four years. So I mean, it won't be too many more years before we'll be reaching the end of like a normal console generation, mm. uh, like lifespan. So, you know, yeah. they might just be holding out for the next generation. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I, I have a very high suspicion that, because in, I guess they kind of did it like Wii to Wii U, and I guess GameCube to GameCube to Wii and Wii to Wii U was like the next generation was backwards compatible with the games, right? Um, And after seeing like how popular this concept of this like, you know, hybrid console is, I can't imagine them making a console that doesn't work with the old games, you know? Yeah, they'll beef up yeah. the specs for a, like Switch 2, but um, yeah, so I'd rather just, yeah, just honestly just wait for the next Switch. But just to finish up about this interview, uh, mm. there were a couple more points. Uh, one thing is they're not going to sell the white Joy-Cons or the, or the new dock uh, separately, mm-hmm. according to the interview. So mm-hmm. um, they don't plan to sell it in retail. But apparently someone found, like, if you go to their website, uh, there's a way you can buy them separately, but it's Mm. not, like, advertised, or maybe it's just for, like, replacement parts or something like that. Um, Oh, okay. Didn't, um, didn't Nintendo Japan offer, like, 
a custom Joy-Con service um, where you could like mix and match when you bought them online, I think. So yeah, maybe, I think, I maybe think they've they added white to the, the, the com. Uh, it wasn't that complicated. You just picked like what color you want for left and which one for the right. But maybe they've added white to that service now. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, they might be trying to keep white like exclusive for this new model as kind of mm. a way like to visually indicate that like you've bought into the new stuff. Mm. But um, they, they're having the neon blue and red uh, mm. version also with the OLED switch. So mm. I don't think we've seen pictures of that. But according to the Famitsu interview, there will also mm. be a red and blue uh, model of the OLED switch. So, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool um, that they'll have an alternate color scheme. So yeah, new OLED Switch coming on October 8th. Uh, so let's move into the new releases for this week. Yeah, so uh, our first one, uh, starting with a bigger, big hitter, uh, something we're both very excited about. and We talked about a fair bit last week, but uh, you can never talk about Zelda too much. Uh, we've obviously got uh, Skyward Sword. So, yeah, this is um, the big one. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm I actually really went and pre-ordered this one. Uh, so I'm, I'm just waiting for it to come in the mail. That's so. it, man. Yeah, I couldn't. You know, actually, I didn't realize. I told you last week, right? I pre-ordered the, uh, the Joy Cons, the Amiibo, the, uh, the lot, the concert like vinyl. But I actually forgot to pre-order the fucking game. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I did, I did that this, this week. Um, but I got all that stuff from Nintendo Japan, but. When I looked on Amazon, the game's actually like a thousand yen cheaper. So, yeah, I, can't, oh, I couldn't wow. be dealing with that. I had to go for the, the cheaper. It was like five and a half thousand yen. Honestly, I was so excited. I was thinking of just getting an emulator up and running and <laughs> taking, a, <laughs> taking a romp through it. But I, I'm holding off for the for the Switch. You know, the yeah, Switch I think I've tried that before, but it's the controls that kind of throw you off. Because unless you've got a Wii controller... Which you can use, you know, with uh, with emulators nowadays. The, the Dolphin emulator that I was uh, t telling you about earlier. Um, you know, you can connect Bluetooth to the computer with the, the Wii controller and use that way. But yeah, I think it's better to have it like re, you know, remastered by the actual company that made the game and have it, you know, properly work for the hardware that you're playing on. Yeah, we talked last week about the quality of life improvements. Mm. Um, and apparently some of the textures have been redone and uh some yeah yeah and uh like the lighting even looked like slightly different in some mm. of the screenshots so i don't know if that's just like from the video output or like what's going mm. on with that yeah it was hard to say like it's always had this kind of like soft not 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 that the i mean because the, the 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 resolution is higher right and it's actually running at 1080p so look it just looks sharp but there's always been this kind of like soft glow, if you know what I mean, to the to the aesthetic of this game. Yeah. It always seems to be this kind of like kind of like gold and like ethereal kind of light, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it makes everything seem a little bit more like magical. <laughs> I I always but, love the the art style of this game. It might be my favorite Zelda art style. Cause I love it. Yeah. It's kind of that cross between like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, mm. which are like the extremes, you know. You've got the cartoony yeah, yeah. style and, and the realism thing. So this is perfect but, for me. Um, yeah. And I bet it, it'll look really good on the OLED Switch once that comes out. Oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's actually like you can see the progression as they got towards Breath of the Wild, right? Because this was the first game 
before before that game. Um, and they've got that kind of like almost cell shaded, but like a bit realistic looking kind of style. But yeah, it's just great. A very unique style. Probably one of my favorite 3D Zelda's. That's not a very popular opinion, but I think a lot of people were way too harsh on this game. Yeah, me too. I, I loved it when it came yeah. out. The the music is so good too. It has like one of my favorite soundtracks. It's so good, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Absolutely. music's great. Story's good. Um, and now you know all the tedious stuff is going to be you know fixed mm. a little bit at least. So, um, so I'm really excited for it. But for sure, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up next for the new releases? Uh, yeah. So next up, we've got Akiba's Trip. Uh, Hellbound and debriefed. So this trailer is running on the uh, the PS5, um, but I think it's also going to be available on Switch as well. Um, I don't know anything about this game. Uh, Akiba, I guess he's like Akihabara, right? You can see Akihabara there. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. I don't really know anything else about it. So this is actually a gameplay video. So let's uh, let's skip through here a little bit. Yeah, we got and, a character uh, creation, um, some Persona esque, uh, you know, cel shaded Tokyo, yeah, yeah, style stuff. So um, I guess this is like a remaster, because it doesn't look, <laughs> it doesn't look very current gen, right? Yeah, let's let's skip a little further ahead here and see what's uh, what's going on with this. So this is just outside this station. Yeah, I recognize this road quite a lot. This is by a uh, Radio Taikan. Yeah, this. So we've got this. Re I guess you could call it realistic Tokyo uh, 3D models mm. kind of thing. Uh, Interesting. I think reminding everyone of like Persona. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean we've had a very similar conversation the previous week, right, <laughs> regarding that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean uh, a lot of games are doing doing the similar style. So there's you know, it's like a huge influence on Japanese game makers now. This kind of like magical, you know, Tokyo vibe. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's like, um, you know, like Spider-Man in New York City, or you know, a lot of the, a lot of these kind of movies and stuff from the West always happen in like these big cities. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So let's see, is this a an RPG or Ooh, a hack and slash? I don't, I don't know what's going on here. It's getting a bit sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's try and find some actual gameplay. Um, okay, so it looks like we've got a bit of a fight going on here. Uh, interesting. Yeah, so some fighting fighting mechanics. He's holding like a little chibi like duck backpack or something. <laughs> this looks very weird, but I'm kind of curious. Yeah, this looks like a like an original Xbox game. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or it's even like, got, like it's got dream, very like heavy Dreamcast vibes. Yeah, yeah, like Jet Set Radio. Or mm. <laughs> you know? that's how it makes me feel. Yeah, but uh, yeah, honestly, I'm not, I'm really sure. Yeah, it's not, it's not what I was expecting. It's not the, the usual, um, you know, um, like I thought it was gonna be like one of those like 2D like anime adventures. There's just like loads of talking and text, but I like you know you know you can like walk around. It's a bit kind of like Yakuza in a way, you know, that you're brawling in the streets and like laying the smack down on some people. Yeah, yeah, um, look, kind of interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. I, I'd probably have to take a look through to it 
a little more in depth to see, you know, see if I wanted to play it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, we get so we get so many of similar style games, <laughs> you know, every week. That's it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's always good to like. I mean, except for like, obviously, we know we know Zelda, but um, you know, it's good to get like first impressions of a lot of these games because sometimes, you know, uh, actually a lot of the time they surprise us, right? We always end up kind of um, yeah, caught there off was, guard. Like there was a game called Scarlet Nexus. I think it came out mm. like a week ago or two weeks ago. I thought that looked really good. So Yeah, um, I've been hearing some good stuff about that. Apparently the story is a bit dull and a bit stupid, but the gameplay is apparently very good. So it depends, what I guess, what you value as like a, a game experience. So maybe if you're into the story, maybe not so much, but apparently the world is cool. The mechanics are cool. Um, all right, so let's move on to our final release for this week. Uh, we've got Cotton Reboot. So let's check this out. Reboot. So, mm. so I think I saw this was a, a shoot 'em up game. You know, an, an old boss. school shooter. So uh possibly, I'm curious. I have never heard the, the, the title before. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Cool. So it's kinda of like a radius style. But is is she a witch on a broom? Is that I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of bullet hell style. That's cool. Interesting. So, like, you get you collect the jewels, get high scores. So, what was the X sixty eight thousand? What console was that? Was that an arcade machine? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. New, new music arrangements. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, arrangey ban. It's like the the arrangement version, so they kind of they rearrange the levels as well. Is what does that just like, mean? Like, is this on like an infinite loop? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of, uh, lot of images here. Uh, oh, look at those! Look at those fairy breasts. That's a premium. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know, it looks kind of interesting. Um, I like the kind of like multiplier style. Um, I like I like games with like numbers flash on the screen. It's like really satisfying. Like, These do you, did you ever play are, um, huge? <laughs> <laughs> do you ever play Borderlands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you shoot the enemies, all the, the numbers come out like, when they're doing damage. I like that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. Yeah, it kind of gives it like an RPG style. You know, yeah, it's quite it. quite superficial, but uh, I kind of like it. Just getting the like, high scores. But uh, all right, okay, well, um. This is a bit, a bit lackluster. I think the the, the music's yeah. not really inspiring me. It's not. Really, it's very like t like tame, um, and the, the yeah. sound effects and every, everything's just a bit, a bit soft for, for my liking. So like, I don't know if it's different in the game, but the music on this trailer does not really do the justice to this uh, the footage. <laughs> it really doesn't match. Uh, so yeah. uh, all right, well uh, that's uh, that's Cotton Reboot, I guess. Um, yeah. Maybe, cool, so. maybe not one we need to talk about for too long. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, so uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up with some uh, Japanese words of the week then. All right. So what you got for us this week, Ryan? All right. So today we're talking about weird stuff, strange and weird things. <laughs> so I've been playing through a uh, near replicant, and uh, mm. they're talking about something that's kimio, and mm. kimio is like odd or weird strange so uh 
For example, これはとても奇妙な手紙です。This is a very strange letter. Right?、Mm. So, I think 奇妙 kind of sounds like a mysterious, like there's something odd or unusual, almost interesting about it.、Mm-hmm. Um, and、uh, another way to say something is weird is to say it's hen. Like, but、mm-hmm. uh, hen can mean strange and weird, but also it's often used in like a negative way. Like,、mm. ah, henna hito da. Like, he's, he's a weird guy with kind of、mm. that negative, negative way of looking at things. So, yeah, like, yeah. If, if you say something is hen, it's kind of, it can be taken badly, right? Like,、mm. uh, oh, that's quite, weird. Sounds quite blunt, doesn't it? Hen. Yeah. Yeah, hen des is like, oh, it's weird.、Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, kimil is sounding a little more just like peculiar. Uh, peculiar, strange. Yeah, odd, yeah. So, so you'll see. I feel like,、um, like, like, you know, the old fashioned、uh, use of the word queer. Like, how, how very queer. You know, like, it's a bit, whim- it's almost like whimsical. I feel like Kimio sounds like that, you know, like, how, how curious, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So,、um, anyway, you'll see this coming up a lot in games whenever something new is discovered. And they're saying, oh, how odd, how, how strange.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I thought that could be a useful one for you guys.、Um, also, in our example sentence, we've got tegami, which is a very basic、mm. one. That means letter.、Mm. Um, and in near,、uh, you actually you save by sending a letter. So, there's these、mm. little mailboxes. And when it's time to save, you walk up and, and you use the tegami. You put the letter、mm. in the mailbox, and that's how it saves your data. So, uh, I see, I see. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway,、uh, nice. what have you got for us this week? Yeah. So, just before I get into my word for the week,、um, probably a lot of you guys know this at home、uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure,、uh, Kimio. So, Kimio and a Balkin. So, this is actually combining your previous word, right? Of Balkin, right? Adventure.、Uh, that is the literal translation. And、um, yeah, in the sense for that,、um, that title is Bizarre, is Kimio.、Um, but, like you said, that you can, it can be. Strange, queer, curious, odd, you know, just all these different types of words.、Um, but it always just sounds a bit more, I don't know, like theatrical, I want to say. <laughs> Opposed to like, yeah, hen. It's just a bit, a bit blunt. Hen the Balkan is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, it's just like fucking like weird, fucking weird adventure. <laughs> yeah, that should be the, that's why it should be called. Yeah.、Uh, all right. So this week,、um, I've actually taken my, my word、um, and my sentence from、uh, the article we were just looking at from、um, Famitsu about the,、uh, the Switch release. So、uh, we've got this、uh, sentence here Shingata Nintendo Switch ga tosai shiteru CPU slash GPU. So the word is、uh, tosai, which means to be like installed or equipped with.、Um, So, you could basically use this for like any electronic equipment.、Um, so, like, if you what you're saying, like, I don't know, you went to a shop and you said, like, I want, I want a phone with dual SIMs, which I think in Japanese is like, Juru SIM. So, you said, like, Juru SIM or Tosai Steru Keitai or Onega Shimas. You know, you, that's how you would ask for a phone that has that feature. So, I feel like this is really good, not specifically for games, but like for, on the hardware side of things. If you're looking for like a computer or a phone or, you know, a- anything, right? And you want to just make sure that it has the feature that you're looking for. 
um, then yeah, torse is is the word you can use. Um, but it does apply to games as well because you know when you um, say like you have a weapon and you equip different like modifications to it, or you know like uh, you get like a sword and you equip like a magic gem or something like that. <laughs> that, yeah. that can sometimes be used in that context as well. Um, and then the other word uh, in this sentence, which is quite useful, uh, shingata, which is, um, you know, like new form. Um, but you've probably most likely seen this uh, on the news every single day, as in like shingata uh, corona, <laughs> which is like new new form coronavirus. But it's actually like, you know, used in like context of anything, anything that's like new form. Shingata. So it's, it's also a good, a good for uh, a good word to know, um, especially if you're shopping for consoles, right? You don't want to buy the old one, so you know you can ask someone for the shingata, and they would understand what you mean. So um, yeah, those are my my two words for the week: uh, torsei to be equipped, uh, built in, and uh, shingata to be new form. Cool. Yeah. So there's some useful ones that we'll see those uh, popping up pretty often. Um, yeah, just- yeah. So um, we've had a couple of uh, like past words sneaking back in there as well. So you know, it's it's good for you guys listening. You'll notice like how a lot of these words can be connected. So um, you know, as kind of insignificant as it might seem, as we mention it, you know, if you if you manage to retain the information, a couple of weeks later, you know, that word will come back, and then there'll be another word combined, and you know, it all starts to like build itself out into this like spider web of a. <laughs> Yeah, right? yeah, stick with us till episode 5,000 and then we'll have the whole language uh, <laughs> covered. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 50 years' time. I won't yeah, be any man. better at Japanese by that point. I'll just I'll just have recited <laughs> every word in the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Kantan underscore Japan. I think this week um, I'll be doing an unboxing of all my new Nintendo goodies on uh, Friday night. So uh, come over to the channel and check that out. Um, and as always, yeah, if you enjoy the show, please feel free to leave us a review or give us a five-star rating on uh, whichever podcast platform you're using. And uh, yeah, that, that'll be all from us. So uh, thanks for joining me again, Ryan, as always. And uh, until next week, guys, thanks for listening. See you again. <laughs>